Hi, James here, and welcome to the James Cast. And it is PowerWorks time with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive, which means we're talking cars. As always with the James Cast, you get a little bit of the pre-roll conversation, which is always kind of fun. And then we get into things that we're putting up on Potaholics as well. So you're going to really love the show. Uh, I, I titled this one from Trans Am to Kashkai because along the conversation, we do end up talking about how Glenn's garage has really become the Trans Am garage in Dubai. It's kind of cool. And then we talk about the Kashkai. Actually, we talked about the Kashkai first. And Joey Wu Wu is driving one of those. They haven't been in Dubai per se, the new versions in a while. Not necessarily a car that jumps to mind for either of us when we start thinking of a nice economy vehicle. Not first on the mind, but it could be because they're not here in Dubai. Joey's driving one. We have a little chat about that and a whole bunch more. It is all coming up right now on the PowerWorks podcast here on the James Cast. Hey, 25, 30 years time, we'll figure it all out and understand it. But right now, it's just roll with the punches, I think. That's it. Yeah, and it's but, well, that's good to hear. And but you're back at work now, so that you were off for a little bit and you've made yeah. it back to work. And as you said, everyone they survived. Yeah, did a good job. Everyone did well. DJ held the fort. He was his wife was here for the first visit since he moved. Oh, that's big. So that was all going on. Um obviously we had to uh stop everything and wait for tests for everybody once yeah. we once we found out that uh, Amy had it and then then we just everything carried on and you know most customers are pretty good when it comes to look we've got to shut down for a, for a day we've got to get everyone tested and yeah. and, and yeah. if anyone else is is uh, is positive obviously that's going to affect workload and and, and man hours and, and and we're going to have to manage your expectations a little differently and, and everyone was cool with it everyone gets it and most of the people I spoke to said look you know don't worry about it and we've had a lot of people actually this this last week there's a lot of people have been saying oh I've putting it off but I'm in isolation now for 10 days so I might as well give you the car I don't need it <laughs> so yeah. it's like okay and we, we've like we've got we've got one coming in tomorrow one that we collected today and we had three the day before three yeah. yesterday so well, this is the upside, and I, I hate to put a shiny spin on, on COVID-19 and isolation and things, but when you're in isolation, you're not supposed to be going out. You're not supposed to be doing anything, which yeah. means you've got a vehicle sitting there for 10 to 14 days. Yeah. That service you've been thinking about having, time to get the service done. Yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah. that thing that you know you you really need to get repaired, and you've been putting it off, and you know you've got to do it. Well, it's time to get it repaired. Yeah. Exactly. Good for you, good for them, because you can space it out. As you yeah, because the in. biggest problem for people here, you know, we talked about it before, is is, is not necessarily the expense of the repair, which isn't great. Yeah. But if you're a one-car family, or if you even if you're a two-car family, you know, but both people work, yeah. you can't both get to work and take the kids to school and, yeah. you know, all in one car. Yeah. Um, so the cost of taxes is, whilst it's not expensive here, five, six days of that soon adds up. Mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. trips a day and then you know there's always that halfway through the cab ride thinking oh I've left my wallet at work can you turn the cab around or whatever yeah. there may be so yeah. I'm laughing because I've been there yeah so it's it's one of those you, the, the costs of, of everything that goes with it which you know it's easy when we get lost in what we're doing trying to fix cars every day to, to forget that you know, this is real life for people and, yeah. and they, they just need their car back like yesterday. Yeah. So 
we try to be sensitive to that now. Whether customers are always sensitive to our no, they, they <laughs> customers always need their else, car. But right you now. shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't help people for help yourself. So yeah, let's let's get going. Let's kick off the show. <laughs> Welcome to Potaholics and the PowerWorks podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. We're going to talk cars. As simple as that. What's what's hot, what's not, what you like, what you don't like, what's going on in the shop. Generally, we're just going to help inform, educate, and entertain you on anything and everything to do with the automotive industry. And that is how you welcome Glenn Power to the podcast. It's been a while, James. <laughs> you know, it has been a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's what could we do? It's, it's a funny thing that it's just, but it's also a good thing about podcasting, right? Because while we haven't done any new ones, you can always go back and scroll back through the old back catalog and find things you like. And yeah, I mean, I like to think that, you know, it's, it's the sort of, you know, the week between Christmas and new year where nobody seems to know what day it is. Yeah. I like to think when we've not done a, a new podcast, people forget what day it is and exactly. it just ruins the whole week. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And we know Joey, Joey Woo Woo for sure. You know, he was saying, I hope you're getting some new podcasts up there because I'm doing a commute and I need some good listening. So, <laughs> so yeah, sure, bro. Yeah. yeah. Well, have a listen. <laughs> exactly. No, he sends critiques. Do not worry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> he's, I'm he's, fully dri- aware. he's driving a cash guy right now. Oh, they make some of those in the UK. I, and I, I, in the face you just made, and of course you might be seeing some of this on YouTube because we do put clips up on YouTube. And by the way, yeah. if you haven't, if you haven't seen that now for the moment, we're putting them up on the James cast on YouTube, all one word. So if you want to follow the James cast, you will find these things, but you know, we fire it out on our Insta and other places so that you can find it and see it and get some of the clips. And essentially what it allows you to do is what you're listening to. You get to see us as we're talking. So not particularly exciting, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, none of the, you know, face for radio and all that nonsense. No, no, yeah. no. The best one is, yeah, you know, you, you might be sitting there and you think, oh man, I got a little bit of a jock itch there. You want to really make sure when the camera's going that you're not down there giving a good old uh, cultivation <laughs> exploration, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, if you've just been using your manscape. Yeah. And it's like, oh, bit of the regrowth. <laughs> The manscape industry is quite, there is a company that makes the manscape clipper. Yeah, I know. And it's it's uh, like every, every sort of <laughs> their ad, you know, get the manscaper so you don't have to go to emergency. And I'm going, I'm missing something here. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. exactly are people using down there? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people got the gardeners coming around. <laughs> So all of that, how, how did we get from a little video? Oh, okay. Now we got there. We don't want to go back. <laughs> Good job, Andrew. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he manscapes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No comment. You know, it's either that or he is the Sasquatch. And now there, there, there was. Potential for that. I'm telling you, beard took him like four minutes to grow, didn't it? <laughs> I've been nothing. Like I, I, I remember his car coming in and seeing the ID for the for the school. It's just like some clean shaven, yeah, like side part in hair guy on it. I was like, Andrew, who's, why have you nicked somebody's ID? Yeah. Now he looks like someone from Duck Dynasty. You know, it's, <laughs> and if you have got no idea what Duck Dynasty is, go and take a look out in the bayou. He could easily be in the bayou. hundred percent. I think he's been confused as Willie before. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Joey Wu was driving a cash guy. Yeah. First thing I did when he said that is I went, Ooh, no, nothing against the cash guy. I have. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to be diplomatic here is, is, 
I, I did drive one for review and I remember it. I was talking about this the other day with someone. I said, yeah, I, can't, I remember driving a car and leaving it at home after a day. It was the cash guy. Yeah. And there's nothing the matter with it except that it, it's just, doesn't have a soul. I mean, it, it does the job. And I think his model as it, cause I said, cash guy, Oh, I thought you wanted to be driving it because he had a Maxima before okay. and he was sold. He's like, you know what? Nissan Maxima, it's a car because he, he, where he's working, he gets a rental to get there back. And so they change it out every now and then. So he's got the cash guy now. And I, I kind of sent him the thing without wanting to taint. Cause I said, send me an interior review. And he said, Hey, it's kind of fun. It's got like little gadgets. I'll send you a review later. And it came, comes out why he's got it. It's cause it's got all wheel drive. Right. Okay. Okay. But even at that, I'm thinking you're not on. Yeah, but what engines in that? <laughs> Are they like 1.5s or 1.6s, aren't they? I'm not sure. You think it's even that big? It's a rental. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I don't know. It's it's, I mean, we, we've we've actually rented one here. Mm. And to me, it was just a a, a, a sunny that was yeah. misshapen on the outside. Yeah, it's really, it's, I, I found it underpowered. That yeah, was my it was component. a bit of a letdown interior for me. Because, I mean, look, it's not it my looks cup nice of tea, outside. but the outside of it's quite. Yeah unique and it's quite you know modern looking and it's got a cool name cash guy but then you get inside and it's just the sunny interior yeah. it's like everything is the same <laughs> which is you know it, it works yeah, and, yeah. and look i was in a rental so it's not the top spec one yeah it's a great price point i mean it comes in at a good price point i don't do you, do you see many come into the shop to get repaired a few we, we used to have a it's quite an old one it was probably one of the early ones uh, bright orange it was oh nice um, and um it was for it was one of the staff cars um, for one of the hotels on the Palm. Okay. And uh, they they were Ukrainian and they were really, really good. I, I still see them from time to time. I haven't seen that car for a while, but it was never, there was never anything wrong with it. Yeah. You know, suspension bushes. And I think yeah. we did, we did subframe bushes on it once because it had a really, really bad knock. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, we, we sometimes struggled with anything other than genuine parts. Mm. So it was always, and the car was getting quite old. So it was hard. Okay. I remember one time trying to put non-genuine suspension arms to save some cash for them because the car was, you know, 10 years old or whatever. Okay. And it just, you know, yeah, so it was just noisy. As soon as we put it back on, it was noisy. We couldn't adjust the alignment properly. Mm. So there was obviously a slight difference. Um, but yeah, we, we don't get many of them in. A lot of them, which I think, the way, are rentals. Which that's a good sign, right? Like, so a lot of rentals possibly, but you know, if they're not really coming in for repairs, they're pretty yeah. reliable. I mean, it's a Nissan, right? You say what you want about them. They're, they're yeah. reliable. Yeah. They, I, they are reliable. You know, when I look at that car, the, the cash guy, I think this is the kind of car, if you were going to go out and buy someone their first car and you know they're just getting used to driving, this could be the car. You know, it's fairly affordable. It could be very low spec models. Going to not going to break the bank. It looks kind of cool. Yeah, it's going to last them a good ten years. I mean, we like I say we rented one, and this is within the last two years. So we had two baby seats in it, and well, that's good. One freak adult, and then a normal size <laughs> adult in the car. So yeah. you know, we we managed with it, mm. and it it did the job. Yeah. I mean, what, it's just, it. it's, it's not one of those, it's, 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 it's funny actually, I think we've, we've actually mentioned this a few times and just sort of, it's, it's kind of one of those things that we accept when we're talking about cars, but Shazad, a uh, brown car guy was, was talking about, do you have your own price point cars? Right. And he was, he was obviously, I mean, he's, he's back in the UK market now, but he was saying, look, his 20,000 pound benchmark is the, 
I think he said the Fiesta ST. Right. His £30,000 benchmark was the Civic Type R and then his 50k benchmark was the Mustang Bullet and it's like yeah. if any car's that kind of price unless it's better than that car yeah. he's not going to buy it because I couldn't <laughs> buy that. Yeah, yeah. And I always think that with the with with a lot of cars here and, and we've we've talked about it before and I, I don't know what the price point of the cash car is but nissans are quite expensive they are there there's a premium on and them. i i i think i mean i mean i've got this internet machine here i mean i i think that you could probably buy something korean yeah oh easily you're gonna get yourself a hyundai you know, or for, a kia that's probably to be fair a bit better in my again in my yeah. opinion um let's try and have a look on here and see see what they're, they're selling for but i mean i i i just wouldn't choose it I, I think there's probably other cars in that bracket that i would i would go for if i was to go and, and they are i mean they, they call it here on nissan they call it a tech urban suv um i don't know exactly what that means <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah, yeah. i mean what what do you need a sport utility vehicle in the urban environment for um yeah. it's not quite big enough to be super practical um and i know you're saying that you know joey's is a all-wheel drive but i'm not sure what engines they come with i don't yeah. know what power they've they've he's got gonna, he's gonna tell us you know being the yeah. mechanic he's opened up the thing and he's he's taking a look around but you know, I, I, it's it's a weird kind of car, and I got to say, when I'm looking around and I'm thinking, hey, I'll give the example. We we when we used to travel a couple of years ago, we yeah. we haven't been down to California in several years now, at least three, and we I loved the rental car system at LAX because we would you know be with whatever rental company and they're all there and you take the bus and you go to the car parks where they are and they'll say, okay, well, you've rented a medium sized car. Here you go. Uh, go to line, go to aisle six and anything in aisle six is yours. Mm. And so all of, you know, they might have three different car manufacturers there. And that's what we used to do because we would go with the boys. So I'd rock up with two trolleys worth of stuff and it didn't matter what car I wanted. We'd open up the, the boot space. We'd open up the hatchback and see which one could we get all our luggage in. And that was the car we went with. <laughs> which is kind of important, right? <laughs> right. And the cash car was never the car. No. <laughs> it was no. never the car. And I often looked, I said, oh, that'd really be nice to drive that, but we're not getting all the luggage into it. So we're going with the GM product or Toyota often worked. Toyota was yeah. good. And so we, you know, it, it, but it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean that, that the, the cash car isn't sold in the UAE anymore. Um, it's gone down to the kicks. But the, uh, I mean, the, 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 the I've only never been in a kick. So is that, is that below the, the cash tiny, Yeah, tiny, yeah, really so. small thing. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think anyone would buy it thinking it's going to be the greatest <laughs> car I mean, in the world. It's, 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 it's entry level. You're getting it. It does look, I understand. I, I yeah. get it. Like it does look, if you, if you like the look of it, it's, there's not many other things like it. Yeah. It's so, you know, if you're buying a car, and it's all subjective, but you know it's quite a it's quite a decent looking car. Um, it's just it's just one of those sort of yeah not 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 something that, that does it for me. And I think at the price point, I would probably find something mm -hmm. that I would prefer. I, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I'd love to hear from the the rental car company what what are the issues they find with it, and and when people can trade things in or bring it back. But yeah, and that's you know that's something to think about. Hey, I got another car. I'm wondering if you've seen these around the 2021 Genesis GV80, 
And I saw, I saw one of these, this is an SUV ish thing. Okay. And I saw one of these the other day and I, I truly did not know what it was. <clears throat> and it, had the look from the back. So I, I saw the back and the side. I didn't see the front. Well, I saw the front after, but I see the back and the side and a nice sound, nice lines. It kind of had a Mercedes look to it. Okay. It kind of had, and so, you know, it had the Beamer kind of X5 look to it. Yeah. And it kind of had the Lincoln, uh, which one is the Lincoln? It's the Lincoln, one of the Lincolns. So I had that Lincoln look to it as well from yeah, the side. I just that that's definitely what it looks like to me as well. And especially the front. It, it And I'm looking at this thing and I, I just now called it up and this is the tagline that, that comes up. They call it, the, the GV80 is 16 feet of pure <laughs> athletic elegance. I got <laughs> described as that by my PE teacher once. <laughs> 16 feet it's huge, and, but I'm looking at this thing as it's going, and, and you know what catches my eyes is is the lighting on the back, and it, I'm going, oh, that's really cool looking. Yeah, it looked heavy. It looked, it did look elegant, and I'm looking Genesis. I'm going Genesis, Genesis. Like really, this is a Genesis. I mean, it's. I I, I thought it was brilliant looking, and it was yeah. it was a sort of an off white color, fully tinted out windows. It looked every part luxury. Yeah, I mean, from the I've seen the G80s. I've never seen a GV in the flesh, but I've seen the G80s, and the, you know they they had they used to have. I don't know if they still do. They have the big five liter V8 in it, and they're, they're sort of the big limousine kind of car, um, right up there with the yeah. with the premium Mercedes, Audis, and and BMWs. Uh, so not. It's, it's it's a you know they, they they Hyundai used to make a Genesis yeah and then they just turned it into a sort it's of their a, premium it's a, yeah it's brand, a brand yeah. and, it, and you know for the money I'm guessing <laughs> I don't know I know for a fact that the tech on it's going to be great oh man the finish on it will be great the the front I, when I compared it to a Lincoln so it's not a Lincoln obviously but the sides the front reminds me of the Aviator when you look at the grill of a Lincoln yeah. Aviator now it's a little bit I, I suspect it's a little bit smaller than the Aviator but. Yeah, first one I'd seen as well. I mean, it, it, it's one of those vehicles that it's it's there in in the, the you know the the traffic light crush, yeah. And you've got everything in that traffic light crush. I mean, there was every SUV you could ever want. That was the one that caught my attention for no reason other than you know the, the body lines of it and it wasn't going fast, but it clearly it looked like it could. It just was really nice rolling stock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that they, they do. And they have now for a while, having made some of the worst looking cars that have ever graced the industry uh, in the in the sort of late 90s and early 2000s. Hyundai and, and Kia have really turned it around and, and Genesis now is its own brand. Um, we were we were coming back from. I think we'd been to get I think we'd been to get tested. I think we'd been to get the PCR test and we were walking down the street and there was a white N-line Hyundai Sonata at the side of the road. Mm. And it was like, I stopped and looked at it to see what it was because I'd not yeah. seen one before. And the, the the tail lights were all like in one strip and formed oh, yeah. the spoiler yeah. on the back. And it was a really nice looking car. It was white with really nice wheels on it. And, you know, you just think, well, you know, that's, that's up there. I mean, you, you mentioned the Maxima before. I mean, I'm sure this thing doesn't come with a, a three and a half litre V6 that you can get in the Nissan, which makes a massive difference to that car because mm. otherwise it's it's just a normal sedan. Now, it, it does suggest, I'm just looking up on the, the GV80. Yeah. It does suggest that it comes with a V6. Yeah, well, the, the GV obviously is a bigger car, would 
come with a big engine. I'm just thinking about this Sonata that I saw. It probably doesn't come oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a smaller sort of turbocharged oh, yeah, one. I mean, the maximum with that, be that three and a half would, liter, yeah. no point taking it. Otherwise, it's just a, <laughs> it's, it's a Sonata. It's a taxi, right? <laughs> or it's an Ultima, right? But uh, no, that, that's that's kind of cool when you start seeing some of those. Again, we're, we're running into vehicles and you just see them on the side of the road. And you kind of go, oh, hold on. Yeah. It's, that's kind of cool. And it's lighting. It's a little bit of the folds that they've done in the press system for the body panels. And I mean, all that stuff's so easy to do. You know, you got your dies, you got your presses. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the big thing for the, for the time, how many cars now have that whole Porsche thing going on with the lights across they the all back? Look, they all look and like the a Porsche old, sort of The old Audis from the eighties that just have the lights all across the back. Yeah. They all look all like All the cars now. look like the same. They're now. all the same. You know. I don't, I don't, did it with the Sportage, the current yeah. version when that first came out and it was like, I, you I know. I thought it was a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all, they, you know, they, they all do it and they look cool and, and look, if you're making them out of plastic, which most of them are, well, you put them in any shape very, very cheaply. Yeah. It's not the same as having to shape metal. No. The only thing is, don't break them. <laughs> because, you know, you're going to get your car written off because you've damaged the taillight. Yeah. Colin had, had an interesting one. He was talking about, you know, he's, you and him are having a van talk later on. I, I yeah, understand. I've got to be there. I've been summoned. 1 p.m. There you go. And he was talking about interesting situation. And he, he said, I, I just don't understand how it could happen with a blown compression on a third cylinder on one of the vans. And he was going, compression loss on a third cylinder. He goes, he's going, I, have, I wonder what was going on. Yeah. So usually what would happen, for, you will always lose if it's if it's the cylinder that's if a cylinder's losing compression the the, mm. the weak point effectively in an engine is, is is the is the gasket between the head and the block okay colloquially known as the head gasket now if that fails between the cylinders you would get low compression on two cylinders because obviously mm. there's a gap effectively between the two but typically you'll get low compression on a cylinder and it will be because a valve has been damaged or carbon deposits have caused it to wear out and it doesn't close fully right, or okay. you'll have piston rings wearing out mm. or you've been very very unlucky and it's it's just happened at the manufacturer that it just wasn't quite right tolerance wise and mm. it skipped through the QC now the likelihood is that most of these things are caused by at some point the engine operating slightly off on that cylinder okay. so you might have uh, too rich mixture due to a leaky injector or you might have a too lean mixture because of a mm. clogged injector or you could have a poor spark because of a damaged spark plug or you could have it's a lot of variables here there's a lot of things that can happen effectively and then obviously what happens if if you're especially in, and the most likely is if you've got a rich mixture you get a lot of unburnt fuel or unefficient you know raw fuel effectively goes mm. And washes the oil away from the cylinder walls. Right. Okay. So then the, the the piston is is scraping at the wall. Really, the rings which are designed to hold compression in are not lubricated, mm. so they'll they'll wear away. And these rings are spring loaded. Anyone that's fitted a set of piston rings, it's I and mean, you'll probably find a thousand videos on on YouTube of doing it. But they're they're bigger when they're relaxed. They're far bigger than the actual bore they're sitting in. So they're, mm. they're sprung so that they hold pressure on all the time. So the oil has to lubricate them, otherwise it will scratch. Okay. And as they scratch and scratch and scratch away, then you'll start to get gases and, and effectively compressions can escape mm. down the side. But there's also the op option of carbon deposits on the valves. They can't seat properly and they don't close properly. Mm. Um, both those things happen when you, when you have a misfire or, or, or even if it's not as 
even if you don't detect it as a misfire, it, mm. it would be happening over time. And you get that where, in this case, the, 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 the fan was down on power. Didn't quite have a full misfire. It wasn't sort of juddering and shaking. But we got low compression and it was leaking. So we can do a cylinder leakage test. So what happens there is on a compression test, you basically, you put an engage in where the spark plug goes and you try and start the engine. You take all the spark plugs out mm-hmm. and you try and start the engine. Uh, you can't start because there's no spark plugs. But as the engine's rotating with the with the starter motor, you get pressure built up in that cylinder and it reads on the gauge. Mm. Now, if Can you do low, all cylinders at the same time or do you have to do them one by do one? Do one by one. I'm sure there's probably a tool that could do it, but yeah. um, we do them one by one. Now, that's great, but we need to kind of know ideally where it's leaking from or losing compression. It must be leaking somewhere. So we then have a tool which is called a leakage tester, cylinder leakage tester. Now, that goes in the same way, but mm-hmm. we have two gauges on it and we have compressed air on one side that goes through the first gauge and we can set it to whatever we want at maximum of sort of 10 bar. So we'll usually set it to about seven or eight and then the air goes into the cylinder and back to another gauge. Oh, okay. And we I see... Like a, I like your air conditioning test. Basically, pretty much. Basically, yeah. we see how much of the pressure that's gone in comes out. Okay. Comes out. And then, obviously, we have to hold the cylinder on top dead centre. So we get the cylinder to top dead centre, which means the piston's right at the top and all the valves closed. Mm. It's very, very difficult because there is always valve overlap, but there should be a point of them all being closed. And at that point, the only way to know that really, apart from on cylinder one, where you have a mark on the crankshaft, you'll use a dial test indicator, which is basically a little needle, which you can measure the travel of it. And when it stops moving, then you know you've reached the top. Mm. So we do that, and then we listen for where the li- where the air's coming out. So if the air's coming out of the exhaust pipe at the back of the car, then the exhaust valve is leaking. Mm. If it's coming out of the intake manifold, the intake manifold's leaking. So yeah. you just take the the air filter housing yeah. off and hear it coming back. If it's take the dipstick tube out or open the oil cap in, in modern cars with no dipstick, and if it's coming out of there, then it's blowing past the piston. I, I still have issues with there being no dipstick. How is that possibly possible? If that makes sense, that sentence. <laughs> the, 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 the best one. So the best one is we had a, a Q7 in yesterday and it was 2013 a V8 one. No, 2012 V8 one. And it had a dipstick. And the technician had done the service, but it also had the electronic level. Uh-huh. And he was sat in there with it running waiting for it to get to temperature to turn it off to settle to read and we obviously went over and just pulled the dipstick out and we're like look you don't need to wait for that there's a dipstick here <laughs> just use the dipstick and it's so quick for people to get out yeah. of this and Audi it's got no dipstick yeah. just to get out of that habit of hang on let's just check if there's a dipstick yeah. so I've got a question when you're checking the compression you're talking you've got to be listening for the air I've been in your your shop I've been in automotive shops all over the world they're noisy yeah <laughs> so how are you hearing this stuff like does it make a whistling sound or it's quite it's quite loud I mean you okay. can you know but I mean normally just before we'll do that we'll just me or DJ will shout shut up <laughs> and then everyone stops what they're doing tools down and then we can hear it okay. um, it's only you know it's literally 30 seconds. Right, you put the tool right. on, get it, set the gauge. 
see that you're losing it. You might double check and make sure the cylinder's in the right position. And then you'll just hear it. I mean, you'll definitely, you'll, you'll, you can hear it with the work going on, to be okay. fair. All right. It's, 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 I mean, we're talking, I mean, in that, that one, I think the inlet pressure we had it, Ben did it and he's old. So he did it at PSI. I think he did it at about 75 PSI out of 90. Okay. So we'd lost, uh, we'd lost 15 PSI. And uh, that's that's quite a, you know if you've got if you've got fifteen psi left in your tire it's half half inflation you'll hear it yeah. if you press the valve and that's effectively all we're doing. Okay, uh, how often do head gaskets go on cars? Like, is this after you know a couple hundred thousand kilometers your head gasket probably needs to be changed? That kind of thing. Um, the, the, these days they usually only fail if something else has failed. Okay, it's very very unusual for just a head gasket to fail for no other reason they'll mm. fail because the engine's overheated and there's been excess pressure on the coolant side mm. or there's been extra heat which has made the head and or the block these days with the composite of the block warp so right. the head gasket no longer seals so there's 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 usually something and it's usually heat related okay. you you'd be very very unlikely to see a failed head gasket if it's it's not something else that's caused yeah. it oh nice okay so that's good to know, but that's and that's the other reason, and that was something we Colin and I were talking about briefly. Was you know if your car is overheating, uh, pull over, <laughs> don't keep driving. Yeah. Saying, "Come on!" I yeah. saw actually, I saw this, and I don't know what was going on. There was a car limping to wherever it was going, and all I could think was, "This person's thinking, I just got to get to the garage. I got to get to my garage. I got to get to my garage." Instead of, "I got to pull over and then get you know, I spent a hundred durhams with a tow truck." Yeah. To, to lift my car and I don't know how much damage are they causing and so okay. pull over and I guess the same if you if you start losing you know if you start losing torque if you if you feel you know figure that car's not moving pull over yeah I mean usually these these things happen at any time but you know a lot of the time here <laughs> always at the worst time yeah yeah I mean a lot of the time here people are, are even the little service roads into Alcoos where we are are three lanes. Mm. You know, you you overtake a car and as you do it, there's a big noise and no power and it's like, oh, how do I get over three lanes now? Yeah. So it's very difficult to stop safely sometimes, but you've got to. And we've we've done countless engines where they've gotten that hot that the the sensors on the engines, knock sensors on the block and things have melted. Really? And that we can't get, you know, we can't even get the crankshafts out because they've just ground themselves in. And, and seize the engine solid, you know, can't even get heads off. It's just catastrophic mm. um, failure of, of, of the engine. It's very, very easy to achieve these days. You know, the, the, <laughs> the engines aren't cast iron anymore. Yeah. I think people forget that. I think somewhere along the line, A, people just don't know what an engine's made of. Yeah. And and then you get some folks who are a little bit older and they just remember, you know, you're casting an engine block. It's well, yeah, I mean, take a take an example of a... We've done a head gasket recently on a uh, frog eye, Austin Healy, and that's just iron <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and then it's got a copper head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. an hour later, the, the, good old the engine's dissembled and it's cleaned and, yeah. and we've we've made sure that everything's okay. And we yeah. put a new gasket on and bolted it down. And then after three hours, the job's done. 
Yeah, that's a good old days. Really easy. I, mean, I would say good old days. But, <laughs> but old days at least. But I mean, it's not like that now. It isn't like that. Well, I come mean, on. You could even get in the engineering of that thing. There's not a bunch of other stuff in the way and things. And it's, you know, there's the essentials are there. The cars had essentials. Yeah, it's probably harder to change the, to, it's actually harder to adjust the, the ignition timing on that car than it is to mm. strip the engine down. Yeah, there you go. Because, you know, I mean, the guys that designed it, made it that the timing marks on the bottom <laughs> and then the distributor obviously is on the top so you've got to lay underneath with a bonnet that opens the wrong way impossible it's a two-man job therefore yeah. to time, the, to time yeah. do the ignition timing which is a farce yeah what, like what were they thinking well they weren't that's why they don't make them anymore <laughs> there we go yeah yeah mm. Mm. what else is going on in the shop what else you got in that's notable um what have we got now that's Quite cool. I mean, we can still keep getting Trans Ams in. Are, are you like guys now the Trans Am? Well, Did someone put the word out that hey, you got a Trans Am? Well, issue? no. What it is is, I mean, Ben who's with us is is um, he's from the UK and he's one of those weird people out of the UK that had. I had a friend at school whose dad loved them and they just love American cars and right. they, then he and he had one. Okay. His dad had one when he was a kid, so it's just his favorite car. All right. I mean, whatever, I get that. You know, yeah. Smokey and the Bandit. Each I get to their it. own. Yeah. But, he loves looking after them. He okay. likes working on old stuff. You know, his foot pounds and PSI and all makes no sense to me. But, you know, he likes doing it and, and he's got himself a bit of a name for it. And we mm. get them in. Uh, came in with the leak, <laughs> leaking brakes. The caliper needed servicing for the rear right. So he rebuilt the caliper for the rear right. New seals, everything. Bled all the brakes up and first test drive, the rear left one failed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it's like, you know, well, there's, you the, there's the message, right? And we, we, I mean, how often, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's the, 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 when the, one goes, the other goes, you do the right, you do the left. The unfortunate thing here is, I mean, it wasn't a cheap no. part and it wasn't a cheap thing. To, you, know, you spend a few hours doing that job yeah, yeah. and then, you know, customers got no job and mm. needs to get the car fixed to mm -hmm. sell and things. Mm -hmm. Well, do I do the other side? It's going to cost you. Know, no, I, I, I save myself a couple hundred dollars, which I get right. I, yeah. I haven't got a couple hundred dollars nope. to throw a set of brakes on an old car, but well, it, you, you know. need to do it. You're going to have to do the other side. It's going to, and, and as we just heard, as Ben Ben discovered, right. Yeah. And it's, he, and clearly he would have wanted to do both sides, but yeah. you don't do it. And this is what happens. And, and you know, you're out on the road. I hate to tell you, but the other side just went. Yeah. The problem we have is, 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 I mean, I'm, I've, I'm in a mini today, which we've just done a lot of work on. Older, the old one? No, no, no okay. I can't fit in those. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> i got to come down so right I'm now and get a I'm picture in a, of those. I'm in a, in, a, in a BMW one. But the, the I mentioned mini and BMW and the lights went out. I know, like, I saw that. They started flicking. They yeah. It's like, ooh, so got a poltergeist I, in here. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving that because we've done a lot of work on it. And that car has probably had four trips to us. And every single time it's been a coolant leak or an overheating really? or something. And the problem is it's the sort of, you always end up chasing leaks somewhere mm. something will give out and you know, you fix it and you test it. We did because it was a third time for the same issue. And we were obviously wanting to make sure the customer was getting the car back for a long stretch of time. This time we did two full tanks of fuel testing that car, obviously with the wow. customers yeah, actually, yeah. you know, they were more than happy for us to do that. That's like 1200 kilometers. So, it went back and then a couple of months later, there's another leak on it. Now, obviously the customer gets two things. The customer gets in the car, starts the car and there's a warning on saying check coolant level mm -hmm. and they drive the car and it comes up saying overheat. So to the customer, it's the same. Yeah. They, they've, well, I brought the car to you last time. 
with it overheating and now I'm bringing it back with it overheating. Well, unfortunately, there's probably 200 places where the coolant can leak from. Right. And happy to fix them now, but it'll be full engine rebuild because we're going to do the head gasket and it'll be every single hose and every single connector and then radiator and a water pump and this and that and the other. And before you know it, it's 15, 20, 30,000 dirhams. And right. who's going to do that? Cause no one, no one. The expansion tank's leaking, right? Yeah. So this time it's been in and the oil cooler, the engine oil cooler had failed. Um, is, this, is this a bad luck car? Like, I mean, it, you know what? Sometimes you, you, at home we call it a lemon. You know, that's a real lemon. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those situations where you can kind of go through it in a logical sequence and use some theory and figure out why that's failed. And you can kind of say, well, you know what? The next thing that's going to fail is that. Mm. If you, but to have that conversation with the customer, say, look, here's your bill, two k, whatever it is. Yeah. We fixed the coolant leak. Um, we think that in the next six to 12 months, you might have a problem with the oil cooler. Do you want to change it now? Well, nobody's going to say, yeah. 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 And, you know. <laughs> uh, one of the problems with oil coolers is that the, the waterways especially are so fine mm. because obviously it's taking, it's doing what it says on the tin, it's taking heat from the oil. So does the oil go through the water? or the so oil? Through that, it, it's, it's, it's like a radiator. Yeah, because I've seen one in front of my vehicle. I've got, I've got an oil cooler. So you've got an air-cooled oil cooler. Ah, okay. So um, engine oil coolers tend to, so, so you have a, we used to put extra transmission oil coolers on the Wranglers because they used right. to overheat the transmissions all the time. It's quite a bad thing here. So we yeah. used to put an extra one on the front um, and that's just a, like a radiator with, mm. with air going through it. But, when you have a heat exchanger between coolant and oil, the oil goes through some galleries and then coolant goes across those galleries. Obviously, they don't mix. Right. But the heat goes from hot to cold, so the, the coolant takes away the heat of the oil. Now, water here is quite hard. It's, it's quite hard water here. And the galleries are so small. Um, it's, it's critical that we, that we keep coolant additive in there not to stop it freezing mm. not for that reason but to protect internal components and, and one of them than, is oil coolers is this different than like you know Prestone or is, is it connected yeah, that's, to that's, that's exactly it's connected right. to exactly right is it connected to the, the, the cooling system of the vehicle itself exactly yeah. oh, okay. so, so oh. your coolant is going through there to take heat away from the oil right. and then it's going through the radiator and cooling mm. down and going back into the engine now and doing the whole thing again they corrode very, very easily. Oh, of course. Very easily. And also, they're very fine galleries. So if you overheat, the first thing that can happen with an overheat situation, you know, the, it is the first thing that happens, is as the temperature increases, so does pressure. Mm. So the pressure increases in there. You've got, you know, potential for um, build-up in there of, 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 of lime scale, effectively, from the hard water. And they'll crack. Mm. And then what happens is, the oil is under higher pressure at that point <laughs> than the coolant. So the oil goes yeah. into the coolant. Right. So then you get emulsified like ice cream, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, Looks like horrible. ice cream. And then nothing happens. The engine can't cool down because the coolant's too thick to go through the radiator. Mm. The water pump can't pump it. It damages all the rubber hoses. Yeah. Screwed. It's a nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. And it happens. It happens a lot. We got an R32 in at the minute. The same thing happened. Oil cooler failed on it, overheated. This was a transmission oil cooler. Oh, dear. Transmission failed. Oh, dear. So you've got a situation with transmissions, which is unfortunate. 
because you switch off the engine, the transmission is no longer pumping oil. Right. But so it's really no, hot. So already. there's no pressure. It's yeah. very hot. There's no pressure. Now the engine coolant is in a sealed system under pressure. Mm. So as it's cooling down, the pressure can leak into the transmission. So the coolant then goes into, so on the transmissions, right. we get water going into the transmission, uh, okay. which damages the transmission. So this one ended up with transmission oil cooler, mechatronic rebuild, clutch replacement for the transmission. And it was like 9,000 dirhams. Well, yeah, no one wants to get that call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to make that call. It's hard to tell you, you got to get a nine Gs. Yeah. Oh, so, so the, the, it's one of the guys that we use for our um, spare parts for transmissions. He gets them out of Holland. He used to work for a big company over there. Gets the spare parts out of Holland. Yeah, yeah. Really? He he used to. He's got some good contacts there. He's a Serbian guy, really, really smart guy, and he just does automatic transmission. That's all he does. He doesn't touch anything yeah, else. I like just, that. Just I like that. Guy knows so, his thing. He does one thing. Yeah, he does one thing really, that's, really. That's well. all he does. He does that and. I've known him for years. Uh, he will not put anything other than DI water in cooling systems. Really? So when he's done a transmission, obviously he's had to drain the coolant because he's a lot of the time taking the cooler off. Mm -hmm. He'll flush it all out and put deionized water in because he he he's the way he was taught and the way he's worked for thirty plus years is well, the water is going to corrode it. So we need to get everything out of the water, get all the ions out of it, hmm. and put the right additive in, and then we'll go from there. Interesting. You, know, you, you go to him and say, I'm going to put Prestone in this car. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to go to the dealer and get what they tell you to put in there, and then I'll fill it up for you. But otherwise, you know, don't put Prestone in it. Really? Um, now, you know, that's how he works. And yeah. it, it's a big, it's a, it's a, I probably did, three maybe four under warranty in the uk for vw oil coolers hmm. not many at all you know yeah um considering the amount of you know, thousands of cars that we've worked on we do one a week here that's amazing easily that's amazing that's easily a one lot a wow yeah. It means you get really good at it, but that's a lot. Well, you know, they're always different. All the cars are different. <laughs> and and it's, it's not even something we could say, oh, it's a bad thing for Mercedes or it's a bad yeah. thing for VW or it's a bad thing for Land Rover. Yeah. It's not. It's just all of them. It's across, across brands. Often the same manufacturer for, for these things. There's, there's not many people that make them. Mm. But the, the common denominator is always the water. Mm. You know, it'd be cool to have two cars side by side and, and put, you know, like they do with engine oils, we should maybe think about doing that. Yeah. You know, get get a get a couple of vans and and and, and change the oil on one and don't change it on the other, and then strip the engines and see, see after fifty thousand what what's happened. Yeah. We should do the same with with coolant, really, with deionized water and additive, mm. and then normal water and additive, and then just yeah. normal water and see the difference. Because I'm I'm sure that there would be. I'm sure yeah. the failure rate would be so much higher on the one with certainly just water in it. I, I can't imagine it wouldn't be. It sounds sounds like I, I, I don't want to be driving that one. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> I mean, one of the things, like for you and me from the UK and from Canada, put coolant additive in. Well, I'm thinking because you don't want it to freeze, right? Well, that's what I'm thinking. The Serbian guy, Serbia, it gets cold. I mean, you don't want to have that's ice the going mentality, on. right? You, yeah. you, and 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 as a as a as a driver of a car, of an end user, you just think, okay, well, it's 
and on the back of the coolant you buy in the UK we shipped a load in and it's the same it says on the back of the coolant this mix for minus 30 degrees yeah. this mix for minus 20 degrees this yeah. mix for minus 10 yeah. this mix for summertime zero exactly yeah. summertime zero UK great yeah. so <laughs> doesn't you know, it's, it's not relevant zero. here is it it's no. not it's not relevant yeah. here so you've got a situation where people think well, what's that for then yeah i don't need pink water what's that for it's 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 an additive to maintain mm. the internal components of the engine there's yeah. more to it than just stopping it freezing yeah. interesting mm. very very interesting hmm. well that's uh, i mean i oil coolers who would have known i mean honestly who would have known this yeah. is this is surprising to me a yeah, big big issue really i mean i don't know i don't know what the engineering task would be of, well, of, it, of changing changing them back to air cooled I, I mean a lot of the things is now there's just not space on the front of the cars because they're all turbocharged yeah. nowadays so oh. they all need an intercooler or the, it's just go, maybe it, maybe you nailed it if, if the same manufacturer for all automakers tends to be making this particular part because they do outsource maybe there's just a problem with quality control and longevity of that part it's, I mean look there's there's the, 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 the kind of the point I was getting to with the same manufacturer making it for a lot of people is they're making tens of millions. Yeah. So they could have a bad batch. If we're seeing 30 to 50 a year that fail. That's not, that's pretty good odds. You know, <laughs> what you're gonna do, you know? and we yeah. only see the ones that fail. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, but there's one of the things these days is you, I mean that the air cool type on yours is great. Mm. Some of them are mixed in. And so, so the worst ones that I find are the ones where on some of the Fords actually, which we tend to get is, they're built into the radiator. So they're obviously separate from the coolant that goes through the radiator, but there's there's a cooler inside the radiator, but then they fail. Mm. But that's a radiator you've got to buy. Right. That's thousands of dirhams rather than a couple of hundred for a little modular yeah. cooler. So they're the ones that I don't like at all and I think they're a bad idea, but I kind of understand mm. why. I mean, yeah. there's no space on the engine sometimes, nowhere to put them. We get cars that have got three, sometimes four coolers. There's two wow. for the engine, two for the transmission, three for the engine, one for the transmission. So Crazy. they're everywhere yeah. under the intake manifold. Uh, some of the, so on the 4.2 in the Audi, they're behind the alternator. But the it's alternator, like a place to put a... It's on the block of the engine yeah, yeah. where it's got to go, but you've got to get the alternator out to get to it, but you've got to get the mounting out to get the alternator out and... What are you? Yeah, it is what it is. You know. Yeah, they, they, they've got to fit them somewhere, and and the cooler's three hundred dirhams, but the labour's twelve hours. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a huge deal. Like, which is why people buy want to buy a car that has you know a five year warranty, and at five years they give it away. You know, they give it back, or they sell it, or they say, yep, I got a three-year warranty, I'm driving it for three years, and then I'm getting rid of this thing, yeah. because as soon as stuff starts to go wrong, it's going to be that that scenario where something that's really inexpensive is going to take a long time to fix, and then you've got the added bonus that you must get more often than not, is in the process of getting to something, something else breaks. Well, this and, is the problem. And not that you broke it, it's just, you know, yeah, it's things break. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's not it's not the best example because the Wrangler is actually really easy to remove, but you take your car if, and I think you've had the evaporator done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to be taking that dashboard out. No, it's plastic. All the, all the right? plastic bits, it's yeah. plastic. I don't yeah. want to do that because obviously I've got to, to fix the car. 
and fix the AC if it was to fail. But I don't to ring you and say, James, your dashboard's crap, mate. Yeah. Or I've just driven it and it's rattling. Or worse, you take the car back and ring me, Glenn. The dashboard's rattling. I cannot drive like that. Yeah. You definitely wasn't doing it before. Hundred percent, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. We've taken it out. It was maybe. This happens all the time, and it and it's almost impossible to avoid it. We we get it with suspension bushes as well. Car sits outside, and it's in the sun. Maybe mm. for a couple of hours, it gets dropped off at eight o'clock, and then we bring it in at ten. It's in the sun, but it's through the windscreen magnified. Might only be twenty five degrees out, but it's thirty five inside the car. We get it in the workshop. The workshop's nice and cool, relative to outside. We take the dashboard out hot. We put it on the ground ground is concrete it's quite cold the dashboard cools down really really quickly we then do the job we put the dashboard back in it's not the same shape or size oh, as it yeah. was when it came out now yeah. it will fit the screws will go in but yeah. there's a bit of leverage here and a bit of flex in there goes out and it squeaks and it rattles or it creaks yeah. what do you do suspension bushes the same you change suspension bushes here in in the winter time and the amount of creaks and squeaks that come back after that because they were slightly slightly smaller because of the temperature mm. when you put them in mm. and they are slightly slightly tighter around the arm or they're slightly looser in the arm customer goes over four or five speed bumps every day there's a creak after the fifth or sixth one they've warmed up and frictions <laughs> expanded them a little bit there's no noise yeah, yeah so they bring the car in it's squeaking no it isn't i can't hear it you know yeah. But it's cooled down overnight and shrunk down again and it goes and it's the same. And it's it's a big deal. Like the temperature is a huge mm. issue for things that you don't you wouldn't even as a even as a technician you don't always think about it. Yeah. And it isn't till you face the problem you think, Well, how's that happened? Yeah. And yeah. there you go, you know. And oh. it's the sounds. It's those little sounds that we've just now we've now gotten so used to these vehicles being silent. Yeah. Where you know, think back there's a whole bunch of things you ride on a bicycle they make noise how many cars now buses do, get know. in a bus those darn things are making all sorts of weird noises yeah, yeah. i mean how many cars now are double glazed yeah the carpets are lined <laughs> yes all of them. so quiet yeah like you get in a five six years ago i bought a new kia and get in the car and press the horn and it sounds like somebody three kilometers away is pressing yeah. the horn it's so quiet yeah you gotta roll inside. down the window yeah, yeah that was me yeah you know and it's they're so quiet I, even with the wrangler i was i was driving and, you know, had to, at one point, I remember in the summer, had the roof up, had the windows up, you know, there was nothing. It's pretty, pretty well insulated vehicle. Then I had everything off and I'm driving somewhere and I'm going, what the heck is that noise my car is making? And it was, it was, you know, it was, it was an arm rattling or something with a bushing rattling, but you only hear it when you're going beside a retaining wall and because you have everything open. But 90% of the time people don't have everything open, so you don't hear anything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, cars are super quiet in the cabin now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be even more, it's going to be more, in, more interesting when, when we're, we're all autonomous. Oh, it's going to be crazy, Bill. I, mean, I, like how, I know it's coming and I'm just, and I, and I like it for some things, but you know, there's, it's, it's all these electric things or whatever they are, rail driven, magnetic supported. I don't know, but it's, they don't make any noise. Kind of like when you're on a, you know, take the Metro. For yeah. the most part, they don't make any noise. It's the seats might make some noise, or oh, the, this is the thing, right? So you're in the car <laughs> watching whatever you want to watch on, frozen, the, on the screen, frozen twelve, you know, or, or <laughs> playing around with the settings and you know wasting wasting time. Or you okay, maybe working, yeah. But the engine's not noisy. 
because it's electronic, regardless of whether that's battery or hydrogen. There isn't an engine. It's super quiet from road noise. Yeah. Because you've got low rolling resistance tires and all this nonsense, and then what are you listening to? Yeah. You know, what's going to catch your attention? And it's going to be the seat creaking or the, yeah. the floor flexing or the door rattling. or. And it's not long before you hear a couple of little times when it goes, you're, you're done for. You know, you were, you're back into some garage. I can't, I can't live with this. I guess it's, it's going to kill me. And it's yeah. a little, little tiny little rub of something in these quiet cars now. And you're just well, done you know, for. When you've, when you've not got an oil change to pay for. Yeah. You're more inclined to think, oh, you know what, I'll get that right, I'll look at. Yeah. When you've got an oil change to pay for every six months, as it is with an internal combustion engine, you might think, forget the rattle, I'm I was, interested. I was over in Rack a couple of weeks ago. We went up to the, the Waldorf and sat on the beach. It was great. Social distancing, there's like, you know, probably about 100 feet yeah. between all of us. It was great. And we're driving on the way back. And you know, on that road, I don't know when's the last time you were up Rackway. Uh, they're doing Christmas. Actually, do, yeah. So you know the road, and if you're going down and heading towards Charge, but you're not up on the highway yet, you're staying on the, the coastal road. They've they've got some nice detours because they're doing some significant building. So we're driving on that road, and there's some pretty serious speed bumps on that thing too. I mean, yeah, we're driving. There's a guy in front of us in a Porsche. I don't know how fast he was going over something, but clearly he hit the speed bump with a little bit, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm driving the Wrangler and I'm crawling over them because they're weird shaped and yeah. they are made to make you really sorry if you go too fast. He obviously went over it. He's driving and then he pulls over because he's hearing a sound oh. from his car. And I think, you know, I didn't stop to, to offer any advice or anything, but I'm, you know, I'm doing the mental thing. I'm thinking... I think his car's too low. He he's dislodged some of the skirting or something yeah. that's now making a rattle. Cause he's looking in the wheel wells and he's looking for something's making a noise now. Something's flapping. And you know, he wasn't, it's, it was like, it's a nice Porsche, but he's got a couple thousand dirhams worth of speed bump repair to do for yeah. now. And, and, that, and that forget about the speed bump repair, the hours it's going to take the technician to find the rattle. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we had a, we really need to invest in one here. Couldn't steal it too big. But we, we in the, in, so for VW, we had this, um, it's, it's basically, we used to call it the rattle finder. Okay. And it's, it's a load of crocodile clips and probes that mm -hmm. you can clip onto. You think it, you might think it's, uh, let's say you think it's the door handle, you can clip yeah. it on there and there's okay. a, there's a, an audio unit that will receive if that's rattling or, 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 oh, or vibrating nice. in any way, resonance in any way, you'll, yeah. you'll get it and it'll say, this wire has the rattle coming from there. Yeah. So then you can focus in and you can use it under the car. You can put the wires right. out and you put it on suspension arms and what have you. And they're, they're great, great bits of kit. Yeah. Very expensive. We had to have it as a tool in the dealership to get through the dealership um, audits. But we, I mean, I, 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 I think there's thousands of dollars in, yeah. in, in equipment there and it's still not foolproof. It gives you a, you can kind of focus in, but if it's something dynamic, yeah. You can't actually attach that to, or you can never be a hundred percent until, until it's actually broken. And sometimes right. they don't break. No. You know? So hours of driving with a rattle, <laughs> it's like you get out of the car and you're agitated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> we had a couple of guys, I got a few and I did the, the convertible roof. I was specialized oh. for that, for the EOS in the UK. And so I always got those, which were terrible when they had a problem. Yeah. But there was a couple of guys in our workshop that always got the rattles and, and one of the guys who I can, he actually taught me on the first one I did alongside me and 
point him in the right direction. He was really good at it and he had the temperament for it. Mm. Laid back, relaxed. Became a puzzle. Get on with it and just go at it. And I can remember him doing a wind noise, taping the windows up and taping all the seals up, but with pieces of tape that are a centimetre wide and Mm. he's done the whole all the gaps on the car except for the driver's door where he's going to get in and he's yeah. gone all around it so that he can take them off piece by piece oh, to man. just isolate where it's coming from and it's you know it's a it's a special kind of skill but how it's kind of easier for a dealer to charge that out because a lot of the times it's in warranty right so as long as you can justify that to the factory and and you know they, they will never instruct you unless it's a technical bulletin they'll just say okay you can send them an inquiry a technical report and say this is what we've got and how should we proceed and they will always say we're not going to tell you how to proceed but have you checked this or this right but as long as you can justify it and say well i did this and it took me three hours to tape it and four hours of road testing and seven hours of this and whatever it was that's cool but then if you come to me and say i've got a wind noise or a rattle how do i say to you james it's going to be 15 hours checking it (laughs) so you know i need three thousand dirhams out here to check it what? Yeah, it's like what? A oh yeah, I found the problem. It was this clip on the door and yeah. 25 fills for the clip. Well, that's the other thing. Sometimes you get a rattle from one part of your vehicle and it resonates through it and it's coming from a whole other area. Yeah. Or I mean, we had a good a one whistle. the other day actually with a, a pen had got stuck in the, oh. in the runner of the seat. There you go. So that was a nice easy one. Yeah. It was going backwards and forwards with yeah. the car. But they're not always that easy. Yeah. Oh, you, you never think about food and getting you know caps from bottles and puzzle pieces yeah, yeah. i mean every single car that comes into us seems to have mcdonald's french fries <laughs> down the side of the seat. so since the drive-through was invented nightmare you know and, and think about it how many times has a bag or a purse spilled over in a car yeah and then you can never find everything i said i'm sure i had something like that well now it's part of your car yeah Oh man, crazy! Oh, you know, we're, we're, we, I, I'm, this has been so much fun catching up again. We're we're back on track. We're back on the road. We've got a whole bunch more to talk about. I, when we do come back, and we do the, our next one, we want to talk about just some common terms: stabilizers, rods, bumper stoppers, and and of course, do the walk through the shop again and yeah. check in on what's new, what's going on, and yeah. Generally, keep people informed and entertained in the world of cars. And who knows what new things we'll find. And <laughs> we do keep promising that we're going to do the show from a showroom. So that might happen yeah. sooner than later. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Glenn, thank you very much. Thanks, James. PowerWorks is the podcast. This is Potaholics. You got a question? Get it to us. Potaholics with a K at gmail.com. Share the link. Keep listening. Talk to you again soon. <laughs>